0: Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field, but it also includes integration with QuickBooks, Customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about RotaFest at rotafest.com. All right, good day, and ladies, and welcome to another episode of RotaFest Detail Memoirs, where we are exploring tips and tricks to make your business better. My name's Jody. And I am
1: still Rod, no matter how you look at it. And today we have again in our Business 101 series a wonderful guest, Mr. Prentice St. Clair. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm just so happy you haven't found somebody else because I keep. Back.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's you're doing a great job, and we still have topics to cover with you. And you know, after that, we'll see what happens. We make, I mean,
2: guys, you've had months to find somebody, so yeah. Know, well, they're happy to do it. You know. Yeah. Uh,
1: Jody still has me on here, so that hasn't changed.
2: So. That's true.
1: <laughs> so we're, we're getting good feedback on this. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I think this is something people really need, but they don't know how to ask. I think that's one of the biggest things is how does somebody approach the topic of money, 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 money management money. Gosh, gosh, Prentice, i don't know how to handle my money what should i do and i don't think people will reach out and do that but it's a huge topic that people i don't know if they understand
2: yeah you know money is always a challenge and um, in this industry traditionally detailers have been cheap and i'm just going to say that and you know we're 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 just cheap um, because usually we don't have the right mentality for valuing the service that we're providing thus pricing it correctly thus making enough money so you don't have to be so darn cheap um, you know and it's really easy to, to get into detailing you throw a couple of bottles and a bucket and a hose in the back of your car um, and by the way there have been many successful detailers who started that way I'm not dissing that in that in, in a sense but there's a lot of people that don't get out of that. They just keep doing the same cheap approach to detailing. Um, we all have to start out somewhere. I totally get it. But the sooner you can get out of that rut and get out of that cheapness, the 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 more you're going to prosper. Um, and you know, if you've got, I'll tell you, if you have customers that are just loving the level of service that you provide, and I can go back to 19. The early 90s, when, when I was doing detailing as a vacation a couple of weekends a month, and I didn't have anything for equipment. I didn't have polishers. I didn't have an extractor. I didn't have any of this fancy stuff. I had a vacuum. I had some specialty chemicals, uh, a couple of buckets. But people still said when I was done, oh, my gosh, the car looks spectacular. You know, it took me all day. So if you can get those kinds of customers that love what you're doing, then you know you're on the right track. Now you need to start charging for what you're providing Mm -hmm. so you can make the money, so you can start investing that money into your business and start getting some serious uh, equipment and chemicals, which will help you make more money. It just keeps cycling up like that if you do it right. So, you know, we start there. You know, the first thing you gotta do when you're talking about money management in a detail business is you have to have a separate bank account. You cannot mingle your personal and your business checking, and there's a lot of biz, uh, uh, banks out there that'll that'll do free business checking, um, you know, or very low low expense business checking, and and uh, this is really important too. I recommend, and you don't have to take this, but I recommend going with a more local bank, a bank that's in your community that knows the community, because. Okay. Um, they are going to be more friendly to local businesses. And if you're trying to establish a legitimate business, they're going to help you out in any way they can. Um, I've been a member of a local bank since I don't even know when, since the uh, late nineties. And it's been fantastic. And there've been a number of times when I've needed a little help. They helped me out Um, personal service. They helped me out. And, and, you know, you can, you can join chase and, and bank of America and all those other, Wells Fargo and whatever. I shouldn't say any names, but whatever I did. Um, But you're not going to get that personal service. uh, And there's a lot of fees involved. So I do recommend going with a local bank. You can always switch if it makes sense down the line. Um, And then the local bank is probably going to be uh, more willing to help you out in the event that at some point that you need a business loan. Say you're going to go into a, a brick-and-mortar situation. You need some right. money that. If they know you, you've been there for two, three, four years. They know you. You you're, you don't bounce checks. Um, then they're more likely to help you out with that than one of these larger banks who really are looking for big money. So separate
1: bank account um, and um, definitely go with a local bank. Yeah, and I think the other thing there is is you mentioned at the beginning is put a plan together, even if it's just a rough sketch of where you want to be, what kind of a business right. you want it to be. Um, you know, like you said, we we all do things that we need to do. I mean, I saw a guy the other day on a forum that was really excited because he bought a used um, shop back at a yard sale. That's fantastic. If that's what you've got to do, do it. If you can spend $20, and it was literally like a brand new vacuum. So it was a really good buy. Um, right. and it was a rigid vacuum cleaner. It was a nice, you know, do those things, but then set your your goal of where you want to be. And I and I, I think people need to understand there's a difference between a get rich quick and making a successful business. Right. Yes, everybody loves to look at somebody that's very, very wealthy and go, that's what I want to do. That's not a business model. That's a that's a that's just looking at somebody that's got more than you. And you better believe
2: that most of those people had a plan in place. And it could be as simple as you know, setting some goals as well. Let's, you know, let's say you start out with that um, uh, big box uh, shop vac and, you know, for and because it's because it's inexpensive, but then you're looking at what other people are doing. You're following Instagrams and whatnot. And you find out, well, that's the vacuum that I need to get. Well, then you put that as your goal and you say, how much money do I need to make to get to that vacuum? Yep. Which then is going to help you do better work. And we're going to talk about this in the supply side. You need things that help you work better, do better results faster. And that's right. what, the, what the machinery can do. And, um, you know, another thing with, well, we're getting more into supply. This really could be a combined thing. But um, another thing is that uh, don't get caught up into what other people are doing. Okay. I've seen some big, fancy layouts in shops and vans i've known people that have shelled out tens of thousands of dollars for the -the state-of-the-art shop or the -the state-of-the-art van and guess what in a couple years they're folded and they got all this debt yeah because that doesn't mean success if you have all that it 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 might be a little embarrassing for me to tell you how simple my mobile setup was i didn't even have a water tank i didn't um have an expensive uh um Generator. I didn't have. I didn't even have a pressure washer. I just worked off of all everything at the customer's house, and never once in um, decades of mobile detailing has somebody ever said, "You don't have your own water." Okay. So, but that's private residences. If you're going to go work in an office building in a parking lot, you know you've you've got to bring your water. You've got to bring your power. Don't again. Don't get caught up in having the absolute best at the beginning get stuff that works at the beginning and then you can invest in in higher end stuff later on down the line and then it goes with again with what you're saying uh rod is is the plan planning for that purchase not just not just saying yeah i'm going to get that someday if you say i'm going to yeah. get that someday it's, you're, it's not going to happen because yeah, that's, I, I, that's, that's also going to back you up into how much money am i making today hmm to, to help me get that piece of equipment down the line, and you can back it up, and then you can realize, gee, if I raise my price is $10, bucks, i am going to get that a month sooner. You know, it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, right. I, I had a really good conversation with the mobile detailer, and he said, look, he goes, I have a three-year plan to go for mobile to be in a, in a shop. And what I've done is I've set up my money management in a way where I am taking 15% of my intake and I'm setting it aside for that shop and I'm just I'm protecting it. And then I'm taking another 15% and I'm setting that <clears throat> aside for marketing and equipment as I need it, but I'm trying to be very deliberate in how I manage my money as it's coming in. And he goes, yeah, sometimes it's really straining, but I found cool. that if I discipline myself, I know that, you know, in three years I'm going to be able to accomplish that goal because I right. have set up a foundation to ensure that happens. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And that's
2: true for any of these plans that we're talking about. It could be put, setting up a shop. It could be getting one piece of equipment. You decide how much it's going to take, and then you can take a percentage of your intake. Um, and, you know, the old saying is you should pay yourself first, which means take a percentage of whatever you're making and set it aside in a savings account for future purposes, for emergencies, for whatever, instead of just uh, spending everything that you make. And, you know, if you're starting out and you're, you're not fortunate enough to have uh, a big wad of money laying around to, to invest in your business, um, you've really got to be frugal. I mean, running your own business is, is is a frugal thing and it means sacrifices. And you look at some of the stories of some of the biggest business owners that we know out there and how they started, people working in their own garage, yep. okay, with nothing and, you know, eating top ramen every day. Um, and, and that's the way we've got to be. You've got, just because you're in a business doesn't mean you get to have a luxurious life. You're working toward that. But right now at your starting time, um, you need to really draw back and say, okay, cut out all the fat and, and set all my extra money goes back into the business. Um, and, and so that, that'll get you to that next level where maybe in a few years you start making a lot of extra money. You can have a more enjoyable lifestyle because hope at the end of the day, it should be about your lifestyle eventually.
1: Right. And I think part of the problem there is that, um, don't believe everything you see on the internet.
2: Yes, uh,
1: half of the people out there that are touting the, the fancy watches and the cars and the, and all that, that that's not reality. It's
0: you know, all show.
1: Not, yeah, that's not how they're living. And to, 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 to belittle yourself or think that you're not being successful because gosh I can't afford that or I'm not driving a Ferrari or whatever, it don't. That's all, that's all fake. It's like the rest of life. Right. That's not really how people are. you don't know uh, there are books written about multimillionaires. You don't know who the multimillionaires around you are because they're not the ones with all the flashy stuff. So you got to be able to be frugal. And, yeah, you said it best. It's your lifestyle. It's not following somebody else's footsteps. Um, Hey, uh, look, I'm not
2: shy about my my detail business is a six figure business. No fancy watches, baby.
1: Yep. Yep. And that's that's how it should be. Your business, your business has two goals. Your business is to stay in business and to make money at the core of a business. Stay in business, make money. If you are doing something that affects one of those things, you need to stop. If you're if you're affecting it, not making money or if you're affecting it, not staying in business because you're out buying too much fancy stuff or you're going. Sometimes you go too fast. There's a stick yes. Jody and I have on a whiteboard and it comes so true. It's slow down to move faster. Sometimes you to just slow down and then you can figure out how to get yourself where you want to be a lot faster because you're not just you're not just grinding it out, grinding it out, grinding. You just slow down, make a plan, go to the bank. That's what they're there for. Yes. Talk to those people. One of the smartest pieces of advice I ever got. Um, I am friends with the gentleman who he he is a, a financial person at a company that is over 50 million dollars a year in revenue and I've asked him a lot of advice. And one of the smartest things ever was, get your stuff together so you can go to bank and get a revolving line of credit for your business. Because in the times when you need a little cash, you can bring it in and it's, technically it's a loan, you have to pay it back, but you can just keep reusing it. Go get a line of credit. And then you can then fund stuff. You can buy equipment. When something breaks, you just go buy it. You don't have to go. Oh no, my extractor died. What am I going to do? You just go get another one and pay it back. And yeah, and that's to, again
2: is going to be the advantage of having that small bank, you know, yeah. that, that smaller institution relationship.
0: You know, um, and if, and, go ahead. Joey, and, and if, if you and if you do opt to get a line of credit like that, a revolving line of credit, it is really important that you that you use it and pay it off yes the bank likes to see you using it and paying it off they like to see that you have the power one to use it when you need to but also get it paid off really quick they like that pattern
2: right so well, also it's good for you it's really not good to be in debt and it's no. very easy and i've done it we've all done it you've got that extra line mm-hmm. of credit and you have to put a you know a three thousand dollar whatever on it and then you know the next month comes around and I could pay some of it off, but you know, I really want to use that money elsewhere. Now you got to be disciplined about that, knocking that sucker yes, down.
1: Yes, yeah. But one uh, of the things, things that I do with that Boston, is-
2: The other thing you want to do is you want to have, if you do have a credit card, have a separate one for your business. Yes. The separate one, and you got to keep those records
1: separate. Yep, and one of the things that you want to keep your eye on is as far as your expenses go at the end of the year, you have to have expenses to be a business. You want to make sure that you pay that credit card every month. If you charge $3,500, pay off $3,500. Because if you let it grow and all of a sudden now you owe ten grand, three months from now, if you pay that ten dollars you can't count that as expenses. It counts in the month that you spent it. Right. So you have to go back and pay yeah. that off. And one of the things that I started being more disciplined about with our company is I keep the checking account low. I want that line of credit to be what I use payroll comes in. I pull it all out of the line. I put it in there. I pay the payroll off. And then when money comes in from a customer, it goes back into that line of credit. Use your money. You've got to be in there every single day looking at your books. That seems like a lot for a small business, but if you're not in there tracking where the money is and where it's going and running reports and doing all that stuff, you're not keeping up on it.
2: Right. So we've talked about separate checking accounts, separate credit card, line of credit, all that for your business. Um, and then, you know, you get into, um, you know, with some of your suppliers, hopefully you're, you're going to act an actual detail distributor, detailing supply distributor yeah. who may even be able to work with you on a line of credit with them as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, you know, pay that all out. All other, I would be very careful with that. Don't get lazy and sloppy with that. The other thing, too, is there's a number of interest free uh, payment options available out there. It's amazing how they keep popping up. Um, take advantage of those. I, uh, for many years, I used the the PayPal or PayPal credit um, on larger purchases where it was available because um, you get six months to pay with no interest. Now you got to be really disciplined about setting up that automatic payment plan, right. and that's really cool. This is just setting up those payment plans that come right out of your business checking account, so you don't have to think about it; it just happens. Yeah. Um, and 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 there are some, you know, independent. Lots of different, uh, you know, six months no interest, twelve months no interest. So if you are thinking you got to go for that bigger piece of equipment because it makes sense at this particular time to do that, see if you can do that on an extended payment plan with no interest. Right, that's the key, and then pay it off because those a lot of times those ex, those no interest um, extended periods, if you don't pay it off, they're going to hit you with like 26 percent yeah. interest on the whole thing. Yep. So you got to be really disciplined about doing it, but it is possible. And, you know, money, when you start a business, you basically make a job for yourself. You've invented a job for yourself. But guess what? When you go to a, a paying job, they have all kinds of people that are running everything in the background. The payroll, the, the supply, the accounting, all that's getting run in the background. You never see it. Now that you have a business, you have to do all that. All right. So you work nine to five, busting your rear end, um, cleaning cars. You got to go home, go home and spend a couple hours, or get up early that next morning, spend a couple hours on your paperwork, and make sure all that stuff is taken care of. So, yep.
1: and automate stuff. That's another one. You pay awesome. automatic payments. Make sure you keep track yep. of your records. Put them in a computer system because that can all help you. When you go to a bank, they're going to ask you what you do, and if you take them a shoebox. That's not, yeah. that's not good. You've got that's to have software. your... And that's where,
2: you know, the, the concept of, um, of uh, you know, mobile software too is really huge because that can help you with all that tracking. Um, yeah. You can input all of your, each one of your uh, your receipts for the day. You can input your, um, the income, in bonuses, whether it's cash or credit card yeah, or whatever, yeah. you get it all in there. And, and that way you have an instant record of it. Yeah. No kidding
1: yeah and then you can take that to the bank i mean and that's we're you know dead serious you can take those things to the bank and you can say this is the the, the again jody mentions the person that wants to have a shop that's mobile you can show them all your records this is what i do for revenue and this is what it's going to do by getting a shop and the banks are there to help you go like you said go to a local bank meet the person get someone you like i you know we've gone through different banks and we found people we actually liked that helped us get where we wanted to be
2: correct yep Uh, And, you know, that can also help you establish relationships in the community, too, because usually the manager of a local bank knows a lot of businesses in the local community. Um, And I'm so big on networking. It's so important. I've got my, you know, probably 95 percent of my detail, excuse me, detailing business has been built through networking and referrals. So it's it's that's huge. So, and then you talked about the importance of being able to bring your documentation to the bank in case you wanna get that business loan. So that's where your bookkeeping and your record keeping come into play. We have talked about this a little bit before, but um, at at a minimum, get get a spiral notebook or get a a paper and pencil uh, calendar so you can write down each day what you're making. You know, I did that wash for seventy-five dollars. I did that complete detail for three fifty. So at least you've got a record of it that maybe later you can go and input into Excel or into uh, QuickBooks or something like that. Or that one there, right?
1: So but the the importance of that is again, as you're emphasizing, is you've got to keep track of it. Don't just you keep track. Back. Don't don't right. live hand to mouth because that that is never going to get you where you want to be. Again, set your goals. Keep track of what you're doing. Think about it like a business. It is. It is a business, and it has its own life. As soon as you start it off, right. Your local community wants you to succeed. Most local communities want their small businesses to succeed, and they want them to to flourish.
2: Right. And then work with work with a bookkeeper um, to help you set up. You know um, your your accounting system, mm-hmm. uh, and then so that you can generate profit and loss statements. And a profit and loss statement at the end of each month is going to help you determine where your expenses are going, where your money's going out, and also uh, how much money you're actually making. And you can you can also track, like, where's your money, money coming from? Um, I've, always, I've always been a big fan of tracking, actually, where my money's coming from as far as the referral's concerned. How much am I making from my late tip group? Am I, how much am I making from my local uh, networking group? Uh, how, how much am I making from my uh, my Yelp page? um free yelp page by the way i never paid um you know just all the different ways where money comes in um that way i can see at the end of the year or even just at the end of the month which one of these is paying me the most i can focus a little more effort into that area Mm
1: -hmm. exactly and and just as important to focus more time on this and energy and money on this area and stop focusing on this one if that area is not making you money if you're like Forget you know, about it. I, I'm not making any money doing that. No. Stop doing it.
2: No. For example, there's a there's a local uh, community group here in uh, San Diego. And I won't name it because it doesn't matter. Um, and But it's in the area. It's in, you know, there's about three zip codes in the community that I serve. And it's one of those three zip codes. And I thought, well, I'm going to sh- join that merchants association. Makes sense. You get a listing in there on their website. You get this. You get that. The other thing. Years and years of that. I get nothing out of it nothing not even one cent so i said forget it i'm not even going to have not even for presence it doesn't matter because nobody's calling me so you look at things like that Mm. um, it doesn't have to be zero maybe maybe you're spending uh 10 of your marketing budget in a certain way a print ad ad or something and you're realizing you're getting a, a minimal return on investment then stop spending your money there go to where you're making the money
1: yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's exactly right. And each community is different. That's what I, Every area is so much different. I mean, if you contrast some areas like, let's say, you know, where you're at in California, Scottsdale, yeah. Arizona, Florida, and then you contrast that with the people like in Alaska or Maine, your service offerings, your pricing, everything is going to be different. I hate seeing people um, not taking advantage of the detailing community and asking questions, but I also hate people copying someone that's doing something that you're not going to be able to do you're not going to be able to have the same kind of business in maine that you are in arizona or california or florida so model your business and your money management around your community so your community has its own dollars and cents that it that it can handle and you have to do the same thing in your community
2: yeah for sure um, so then you get into bookkeeping and then you get into, uh, your CPA, your CPA, your certified public account is the person that takes your bookkeeping records and helps you get the best out of your tax returns. So there's that. Um, and then let's talk about cash. Should I accept cash? Should I keep it separate? Should I not record it? This is always an interesting topic. So with cash and let's face it, all of us, keep some of our cash separate. That's just a fact of life. And you you know, if I'm going to get um, a $350 payment in cash, eh, I'm probably going to take some of that and set it aside somewhere. But really, if you want to grow your business, you have to record all the income that comes through. If you want to be able to get that loan later on to expand your business, you've got to be able to show the records that you're making money. If you're keeping most of your cash separate and not recording it. That's a mistake. Uh, Cause you really don't have an idea of how much money your business is actually making. Right. And if you're keeping separate books, Oh my gosh, talk about a hassle. Here's my cash book. And here's my real book, you know, on the record book. Um, it's just, right. Well that
1: comes back to paying yourself. I mean, build your salary into the business mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you're a, a one person shop or if you're a 15 person shop, build your salary into it so that you don't, have to you don't have to do that right Right. think about it as having an employee would you want an employee to stick half of your revenue in his pocket or her pocket because it's cash no you wouldn't so work towards getting that to where everything goes through the books your salary comes out of those books and that way you're just you're part of the business but it doesn't control you you control it
2: right right for sure so and then um you know, at some point you're running for a few months or a few years, and then you really wanna take a hard look at your expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine has a has a great approach to this and I've t- I kind of adopted it. Um, he looks at his expenses. He'll take a year um, and just look at his expenses and take a category like mobile communications and just hammer it, take one month and hammer it. Where can I go to get good mobile communication service and stop paying these outrageous bills that I'm paying on my mobile communications. Right. And another one might be um, uh, another one might be uh, uh, supplies just supplies in general. How can I lower my supply costs without sacrificing um, the quality of the product that I'm getting? Does it mean buying in larger quantities? Does it mean investigating pro discounts from right. the company? Does it mean yeah. finding different ways to order the product? that maybe are less in the long run but you get the same product you know take each one of those expenses and just really focus on it one per month um and then try to figure out how to lower that okay so that's an idea as well
0: and it could be following the manufacturer recommended dosages <laughs>
1: <laughs> could, be, could
0: be, just the
1: thought there
0: read the free label
1: yeah exactly yes. the other thing you want to do there is um is make sure that you are not buying every single product in the market um, just to have them. There's so many people that show these pictures of their supply cabin and they have these tons of products and they're not using them. And I'm like, why? Why would you have a bottle of fill-in-the-blank sitting around for three years? Use that. Um, Because I'm waiting for that blank to fill. Yeah, and and part of that is also building into the cost of your services, your supplies. Because when supplies become a, a, a line item that you're charging for, they become a lot cheaper because you're getting the money out of them. Um, years and years and years ago in a land far away, I used to work at a, a large semiconductor manufacturing company and I managed this department and I had a huge budget. Um, it was well over a million dollar budget per year. And we would have the opportunity on any given day because a vice president would walk in and go, I need your budget lowered by 10%. Now, it was very stressful, but it was also a really good lesson. And like you're saying, like Prentice is saying, take a month, but take your budget and say, can I reduce my budget by 10%? Can I reduce my supplies, my, you know, looking at things like, okay, well, last year I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought an extractor, I bought two polishers. This year I shouldn't have to buy those. That should reduce my equipment budget. But where else can I reduce costs? Because sometimes your costs that you want to reduce is not that $1,000 item. It's that, well, the company buys me a cup of coffee every single morning for five bucks. Maybe not do that. And your coffee at home. Yeah. You can, you can reduce your budget. So look at your budget, figure out ways to reduce it down. And um, you know, there's a local, there's a
2: local independent fancy coffee place that um, just their location, because they have such, they're so popular. There's always a line going around the corner. And I love on a Saturday morning driving by in the opposite direction. All the people are sitting in their cars and I'm, I'm talking 20 cars back. And I just, I always drive by and yell, make your coffee at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Not only are you sitting
0: in line for 45 minutes, you're spending 10 bucks on coffee. Like, what is wrong
1: with you? Well, and, and $55 on gas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so figure those things out to where you can lose it. And, and some of that, I, I agree with you. This comes into the second part of this, which is supply chain, right? And, and different. Part yeah. This is a lot of that. I think people have had to do this in the last two years with the, with the pandemic. Sometimes supplies weren't available, and you had to figure out very creative ways to get the things you needed and make stuff stretch a lot further. Right.
2: So you said something earlier about um, uh, about uh, how to manage your money, and you were talking about looking at costs and and pricing and all that. And I'll tell you, uh, another really important thing that goes into money management is taking really good care of the customer. Here's why. If you have customers that love what you do and tell other people, you're going to get more customers. If you don't have customers and you don't have a constant flow of customers coming in, you don't have work. So money management is a constant struggle. I would rather have so many customers Mm -hmm. that it's time to raise my prices, which means I have more money to play with. So um, so definitely part of the part of the program is you know record keeping and all that, yeah. but also taking really good care of your customers. And that's true again, regardless of the sophistication of your equipment, um, the array of chemicals, yeah. it, it, you know, you can do great work and take really good care of people and they'll love it. And, and they'll send more people to you if you're doing half if you're doing half fast work right. you're, you're not going to have that reputation and you build that reputation then you get to charge more for what you do you know I right. love taking phone calls now where people say their first question is how much is the detail I almost want to say I don't do it because I want to be a smart ass I'd rather be a dumbass oh, oh wait a minute um, <laughs> so uh, I, I'd love to say to them um, you know well if you have to ask me, I'm not your detailer. But you know, typically they're coming to me because they've seen my reviews, they've seen seen my my presence out there in social media, and I go, "Did you see my reviews? I mean, why are you questioning the price? The it's that's what it is, man. Mm-hmm. And it's great to be able to say that. Yeah. Um, so, I have yeah. customers where I'm comfortable saying no to some people.
0: So as your as your coaching, you know. Different biz, detailing businesses through Detail Academy, and also training at the PNS uh, Detail Training Center. What is the biggest mistake or mistakes that you see detail business owners making when it comes to managing their money? So,
2: um, I no, the biggest thing is not not charging enough. Okay. That's that's the biggest problem. You know, you got a guy that's, um, I just, gosh, I just talked to somebody who's applying ceramic coatings for $100. Like, what are you doing? You, you're you so out of touch with that. Um, and then not charging for the value of your service. So the example I love to give is, is removing pet hair. This is just a perfect example. You, you take the average car driver who has a big shaggy dog and they want to get rid of the pet hair on a weekend morning. And they've got a shop vac or whatever they've got um a home vacuum and and they're going to spend what two three hours vacuuming you come in and you have some special tools for pet pet hair removal and some special techniques and you could maybe get that done in 30 45 minutes okay but i'm not going to charge for 30 to 45 minutes of labor i'm charging for the value of taking three hours of work and bringing it down to 30 minutes Right. That's that's important because that customer doesn't know how to do that, and it goes the same with with full service washes. They're going to spend all day washing their car. You can do it in forty five minutes, and it's a better job because yeah. you have the training, the equipment, and the techniques to do that. So charge for the value of it, um, and just in general, I mean, we're we're telling detailers that you know you you should be earning uh, somewhere between seventy five and one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, um, but that assumes you have good training and you have great processes and your prices are correct. All right. So you got to look at, you know, that, that, uh, detail that takes you five hours and you're charging $200 for it. That's $40 an hour. Something's not right there. You're you're barely paying your expenses Mm. at that point. So make sure your pricing is good. That's, that's a, that's a big mistake. And another one is getting caught up in I need this machine and I need that machine and half the machines they're talking about, you don't really need like you know a, a, a air compressor Things, cause that seems to be on everybody's beginning list i got to get a compressor why to blow out underneath the seat a vacuum could take care of that you yep. don't have to have a compressor
1: yeah. um, and people that need to get creative with stuff there's yeah. i mean you see all these videos i was actually at a, we were in a training a couple weeks ago we were up at the uh, rupes uh, training academy and they literally, somebody asked a guy, there were, I, I can't remember, there's eight or 10 people there. And somebody goes, have you seen that video where they take that little hand massager or a sander and put it on the thing, you eat the carpet? And the guy's like, that's ridiculous. I bet that doesn't work. And one guy goes, it absolutely works. I do it. it. And he goes, and I didn't have to. He goes, he goes, I can do that and vibrate a lot of that dirt out of there. And he goes, and he gets it deeper clean. He goes, it's silly, right. but it works.
2: Right. Yeah. Little things like that. And, you know, my first extractor was a little green clean machine by Bissell. And it worked pretty darn good. You know what? Um, now, now, as soon as I could, I went into a professional-grade hot water extractor. But in the beginning, that worked just fine, all right? Yep. And, and it allowed me, my initial purchases, which were relatively inexpensive, allowed me to establish that reputation. That's why I keep yep. going back to that. It's not just that you're um, saving money in the beginning, but it's establishing reputation. It's so I don't care how cheap of a machine you've got that you're working with. It's how good that car looks when you're done.
1: Yeah, it's meeting and it's meeting and exceeding expectations so yes. that they want to tell somebody how awesome it is. That's right. the key. Is the first time you clean somebody's car and you find out that they told a friend and how awesome you did, that is what gets you excited and gets people coming in there. Like you're saying, if you're if you're charging to where you're forty bucks an hour, you're not even covering the cost of your of your supplies, what are you doing? You know, yeah. you're not you're not making money at it. And I, everybody sees that person in their community. There's always that person in your community that will do a full detail with paint correction for hundred ninety nine bucks. Ignore that person. Who cares? That's who not
2: who cares? your competition. That's every. And single nor care. are they gonna. Nor are they gonna attract the customers that you want. No, I don't are, want yep. people that are looking for the cheapest detail. Yep, yep. They're, they're the bottom of the barrel customers. Good and quality. Yeah. So, that's yeah, that's a good one. Um,
1: so, well, let's talk about supply stuff. Let's. Are we going to do that all at once? Sure. Sure.
0: All right. So, we're making money and supplies all at once? Yeah, I think they I, I agree. They come in together. <laughs> they come in together. All right. Well, we're still rolling. <laughs>
2: Let me get my notes. <laughs> so, okay. So, supply. Um, first thing is, you need to be using professional-grade supplies, okay? Especially with your chemicals. If you're going to the dollar store... Uh, you're wasting your time. And you think you're saving money, but you're really not. Because here's the thing. Your pre- professional grade, um, specifically designed for auto detailing business, those types of chemicals are going to help you do better results faster. That's what you want. You want better results and you want them to happen faster. Um, so buying your 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 waxes and your glass cleaners and crap um, from from uh, the dollar store is not going to make it okay you got to get into something professional as quickly as possible uh and um also you know what does it look like if somebody's going to pay you x number of dollars for professional detail and you show up and you open up your trunk and you pull out your box of chemicals and you've got um you know store brand chemicals sexy soap yeah, and, and they're just looking at, like, this is what I'm paying for? I could do right, this. Right.
1: You right. Should, should As really opposed to with
2: going is. with a, one of the big chemical manufacturers that has pre-labeled bottles, and they all look beautiful, and they're all properly labeled. And that's just not necessarily costing you that much more money, if if at all. But it looks really cool. Uh, and then you're bringing something to the table that the customer doesn't really have access to, per se. Um, that's where, that's where it makes you look better as well.
1: Um, you and know, I think that, you, that also, you can, you can charge more because of that. Yes. Regardless of what the chemicals and the equipment and everything is, are costing you, you can charge more because, because you are using professional equipment, professional supplies that are not just the standard stuff that you can go buy down the street at any box store. You've got to set yourself above that because if the customer sees that you're using, you know, Dawn dish soap and a sponge that they can buy at Home Depot, they're like, "Well, why am I paying this guy to do it?" Right, exactly. Because I use a sponge with the green side so I can really scrub that off. (laughs) So that 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 is, I think that falls into play as far as this this why this also is with money management, because you've got to balance that out. Sometimes things are going to be more expensive. You know, again, you mentioned earlier a guy, you know, somebody you know, ceramic coatings for $100. Well, if you're spending $90 on a ceramic coating bottle of a high-quality ceramic and then charging, that yep. doesn't make sense. That's not a that's not a business.
2: So let's talk specifically, since we're on that topic, the specifically on the consumables. That's yep. going to be your chemicals that you're using every day. All right, so number one, go to a professional grade supplier. You don't have to use one chemical company for everything, but most of them should be coming from one chemical. And that, might, that choice might be a matter of, of convenience. Your local detail supplier carries a certain line. Uh, it also might be a matter of preference too. Um, you know my preference. Um, yeah. for, for chemicals, but there's a lot of really good companies out there that make some a great line of chemicals. Uh, so also go with concentrates whenever possible, um, because, you know, a gallon of water weighs 8.3 gallon, uh, 8.3 pounds. So why am I going to pay to ship 8.3 pounds of, of ready-to-use chemical when I can get a four-to-one dilution? And pay for only one gallon of shipment, right. but make it myself and get five gallons out of it. Okay, so there's no sense in doing that. Go with concentrates and then follow the labels correctly, as Jody said, to dilute it correctly. So you're getting the best value of it. I would rather over dilute a little bit than under dilute. Higher concentration does not make it work better necessarily. No, no, it can't so concentrates are important um then you want to look at your detail cabinet where your supplies are this is critical because there's so many detailers i work with that are constantly running out of stuff and they're they're calling me hey dude do you have a gallon of this do you have a gallon of that I'm like dude why don't you just order in lay in the supplies and there's i have recently recently when i say recently i've been doing this for a long time probably five years ago I, i instituted a new practice i've got a cabinet dedicated to my backup detailing supplies i have um i order in gallons because i you know it's just me and one employee so we're not using a ton of stuff if you're doing five gallons you can do it that way with five gallons but i have my cabinet so that it's in uh, their tandem uh columns it's one chemical two gallons of each chemical all right as soon as i'm as soon as that gallon in front of that chemical is empty time to order another gallon so I always have a backup gallon of that chemical. I never run out. So right. let's say something is in shortage. I still have that backup gallon until it comes back or it gets back ordered or whatever. So that that two bottle supply uh, has really changed the the ease of ordering too. <coughs> because then you can, it's visual. You can just look at it and go, oh, I need a gallon of quick spray. Put a gallon of quick spray. Oh, yep. we just used the last of the... Uh, a uh, brake remove, brake dust remover. Up, oh, put a gallon of that. And then I like to order um, when I've got maybe four gallons of stuff because that's going to be the cheapest uh, shipping shipment. Um, so so establish something like that so you're never running low on your supplies. Here's right. the thing, um, especially with ceramic coatings. This blows me away. How many people <clears throat> will wait to buy their ceramic coating kit until they have a paid job? So then they'll run over to the supplier at 6.30 in the morning and get their ceramic kit and then go put on the ceramic coating. And then the next time they have them, they'll, they'll spend 35, 40 minutes going to the supplier to get another ceramic coating. If you're doing ceramic coatings, lay in three or four boxes of ceramic coatings. So you have it. You don't have to go get it every time you have a job. because you jump that it. in. You find your
1: profit. In. Yeah. Build it into your business model where you have supplies. That's yeah. you know, as as you 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 talk about when we're talking about money management, your supplies are part of that. How much do I need to have on hand and how much yeah. do I need to spend on that? And how much is it worth? Again, yes. back to tracking stuff if you have software or if you're using a pen and paper track that because you have you have ability to show an insurance company you know a lot of times somebody's trailer will get stolen somebody breaks into your shop whatever if you have a, something that shows the value of what you had you can go to your insurance company and get repaid for that right. cover your butt so right. build that into your business model and you know like with with you the amount of work you do you know you have that two bottle supply Until you've tracked that for a while, you won't know that. So keep it on hand. But you don't need to have 50 gallons on hand. You need to have what you need and a little bit more. And they call that par values. It's just like if you had a a C-Store. What is the par value? What do you need to have on hand at all times? And when it hits that level, order. Yes, yes.
2: Don't wait for it to dip below that level. And it can go the opposite way too. You know, this concept of, of buying in quantity to save money. It does make sense to a certain extent, but remember you gotta store that stuff, number one. Number two, some chemicals, like I once bought a gallon of paint sealant because it was taking me a long time, or I was going through a lot of paint sealant, but guess what? uh i didn't really use that thing up for about a year and it did go bad so some chemicals will go bad so now i just order my paint sealant quartz um because buying a gallon at a time just doesn't make sense yes i'm paying a little bit more per per unit whatever that unit is but i i was i wasn't saving any money before because i had to throw half of it away waste uh, yeah. yeah yeah so there's that that factor as well you know also um with your if you're working with a distributor or maybe you're you're ordering online from a supplier, see if they have professional rates. See if they've got a program. If you're a professional, you actually have a business, if you can get a, a discount rate. Some of them are, you know, you get twenty percent off automatically on your total because you are running a business. So yeah. that's all yeah, that's they have a wholesale
1: pricing program. or jobber pricing or whatever that particular one has it. Yeah. Um, the other one is, is certain companies, and I know that, you know, we're talking about PNS has this program and other companies have it as well, is a distributor program or a reseller program. If you're not the volumes enough to be a distributor, at least you can have some on hand because a lot of times your customers will be like, gosh, man, I love the way that looks when you bring it out. And, you know, for a couple of weeks, there's something I can do. And you say, yeah, absolutely. Let me sell you this bottle right. of, you know, beef maker or some kind of top coat that you can sell them, you can make a little bit of profit, but the idea there is it's making it easier for you to take care of their car. Explain to them, teaching them, and then that brings more money into you. That way you can help enhance the relationship, and as you mentioned at the beginning, Build a business where there's recurring revenue, and that's what you're trying to do is get that client to come back over and over, and you can count on that. If I look yeah. at my books and I go over the last five years, I know that Joan and Bob bring their car into me twice a year, every single year, for the past five years. Now I've got a record and I've got a, a, a history with them that I can go back and say, hey, guys, there's a new process. I wanna try it out on your car, and it's gonna really enhance the paint even more.
2: Right, exactly um you know another thing with with buying your your consumables is are you going to go pick it up or are you going to have it delivered um this is this is an important concept if you know that ceramic coating is kind of an extreme one but you know if you've got if you're traveling an hour to get a coating kit uh, because you have a coating job that day you got to look at the expense of that hour of travel not only from the gasoline standpoint wear and tear on your vehicle um, but also your time, boy. That's a that's a lot of time that you could be doing something else, marketing. Um, so in some cases, you want to you want to uh, maximize your efficiency in how you pick up those chemicals. All right, maybe you've got a local detailing supplier where you can go to one place, one storefront, and get ninety five percent of the stuff you need at one shot, and that's where that ordering or that um, that stocking um concept comes into play as well too because you can wait until you have a, a need for three four five gallons at one time as opposed to having to run down there for one gallon at a time of your chemicals um, and maximizing that efficiency but also there there might be some times when um doing a delivery makes more sense you gotta you gotta figure Having something delivered to your house, yeah, you got to pay delivery fees, shipping fees. But sometimes that saves you a whole lot of money. I mean, that's what Amazon is built on, is saving people time and money. And you think of if you're a big user of Amazon or some other kind of delivery company, um, how much time it saves you having to go to different shops to do your shopping. It all comes to your door. Same thing with your detailing supplies. Sometimes it makes more sense just to have it shipped directly to you. And just buying directly from the company or for some uh, online superstore, super detailing store where you can get everything in one spot and have it all delivered. And a lot of these online companies, too, will, um, if you order enough, you get free shipping. So there you go.
1: Yep, absolutely. So, and I keep them in, you know, again, read the label, look at your chemicals, keep them in the manufacturer recommended you know, temperature ratings and all that. If you live in a really hot or really cold temperature, you're going to want to look into that stuff because most (laughs) chemicals can't just sit in the hundred degree sun or the minus 20 degree weather and still function. And
2: and some of them, some of the compounds and polishes will just go bad if they're just sitting down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had a sample. Somebody sent us a sample and, um, it was came in a really small box, and it uh, does not handle the Idaho cold weather. It did not at survive. All. It went from a compound <laughs> to a liquid extremely fast. Yeah. Was, so, um, yeah, look at those things and, and 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 follow the directions there. And if it's got a shelf life, if it's got a, not, not necessarily an expiration, but if it, if you know it's only going to last so long, again, like Fred said, don't order tons and tons of it.
2: Right. I'll tell you another thing about chemicals too. You know, it being in the position that I am and I go to a lot of trade shows I've been the recipient of a lot of um, free product Um, I remember going to going to ICA and WCA in Vegas and I would always drive there because you would have the detail detail suppliers and they didn't want to pay to have their stuff shipped back so I'd end up with all this free gallons of this and free gallons of that and um, I'll tell you a lot of that sat around in my garage in the cabinet And I just never got around to using it because I found other stuff that worked really well. There's no reason to. And one day I just got so fed up with it. I went through my cabinets and I took all the stuff that I'd never used or used once and stopped using it. And I put it in a box and in San Diego, we have a a household hazardous waste program where on a Saturday morning, you can make an appointment and you just bring it all over there and they just take it and they take care of it and it's free. Nah, you may or may not have that in your community. You but I'll tell you, there's something about something really cleansing about getting rid of all that old stuff that I really was never, ever going to use. And then I just felt so free. And then I had all this leftover cabinet space to fill yes, my space. To fill with good stuff that I know I'm going to use on a day-to-day basis.
1: Right. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, and if that, nothing
2: else, I'll tell you what, some of it I sold on OfferUp. And you'd be amazed. People come out of the woodwork for, for you know, a gallon of X polish, whatever polish it is, you know, and they sell it for five bucks. Then, man, they are at your doorstep in two seconds, and it's out of your life. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, get get rid of the stuff that's just sitting around that you're never going to use.
0: Well, that's cool, man. I, you know, I think this has been a very productive conversation because I think a lot of times – you know, people look at money management and they just think like investing. Right. And right. we've looked at it from a practical point. All right? How do I manage my business finances in a way that keeps me supplied? It keeps me growing. It allows me to go, all right, if I have these goals, I need to set aside this kind of percentage on my money so that I can achieve these goals. And it really does become a proactive marriage between every aspect of your business, especially in detailing, because money management and your supplies are critical to your success, combined with training, knowledge, and phenomenal Mm -hmm. customer service.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. If you can
0: get all five of those, you're guaranteed to have success.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, can we touch on equipment just a little bit? Sure, Absolutely. yeah, we got a
0: few minutes and then yeah. we'll we'll I wrap it up, but look, yeah,
2: that's important. I want to circle back around to equipment because it's really easy in this industry, especially the way it is now. Those of you who are just getting into detailing and you're kind of looking around at what's happening around, around the country and really around the world in detailing, this is a spectacular time. It's never been anywhere close to the way it is now, as far as information availability, Um, respect for detailing as an industry, the equipment that we have available to us, the types of chemicals, it's never been like this. And it just keeps getting better. Just when you think we've reached the plateau and we're good for a while, something else happens that makes it a little better. So I will say this, that it's easy to get caught up in all that visual uh, social media and online about fancy equipment and fancy setups. And I'd say if if you're just starting out, don't necessarily get caught up on into that. Yes, you can have it as a goal down the line, but you can make a lot of money without the latest, greatest, fanciest equipment. I would say, yes, at some point you need to make a decision that um, that particular piece of equipment is going to allow me to make more money. That's really what it comes down to. And you gotta look at each piece of equipment that you're gonna buy. Is it really gonna allow me to make more money? And there are two ways to make more money. One is you are providing a service that you couldn't provide before because you have a piece of equipment to do it. And number two is, is it gonna make your current operation more efficient, significantly more efficient? And that's where I look at things like, does a compressor really add to the efficiency of my business? Not really. I can drive the outside of a car with a leaf blower. I don't need a compressor. Um, You know, just decisions like that. And do I need a $2,000 vacuum? No, there are excellent vacuums out there for under 500 bucks that are gonna last you forever. So look at, make those decisions very carefully. And I would recommend you get with somebody, consult with somebody, um, <clears throat> even if it's just a phone call. Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, what polishers should I get? I really don't know. There's all these choices, which one should I get? And, and talk to somebody who has a reasonable attitude about it. It's like, okay. Well, you could spend this much money on a polisher, or you could get this one over here, which is going to treat you really well for a couple of years, help you make a ton of money. And then you can go get the big fancy one later because you'll be making a lot of money. That's my two two cents on on, uh, on on equipment. You know, like I said, first when I first started, I didn't do carpets at all because I didn't know how to clean them. Then I got a little Abyssal little green clean machine and I had that for a year or two. Then that allowed me to provide carpet cleaning service, which guess what? I got to charge more money than I actually invested in a professional grade hot water extractor. So, and, and, you know, the rest is history. So anyway,
1: right. Little by no, little. absolutely. That's and that's the thing is, again, it goes all the way back to the beginning of this is set a plan in motion. What do you want to provide? What don't you want to provide? Right. right? So I always go back to Diana Balboni. She's a small gal and she says, I don't do giant trucks that's not her goal don't go after that business go after the business you want to go after and and do it the way that you need to to make money and stay in business
2: yes diana balboa is might be a small gal but she is a large person yeah Yeah, absolutely, she's huge
0: yeah well we want to thank you you know for joining us for another episode of the business 101 series i mean we really are trying to break down key elements that will help you guys be successful. Please, if you need some additional coaching and some help, reach out to Princess St. Clair. His number is rolling along the bottom as well as his website. And you guys know we're always here, you know, from the systemic side, the business side with software. We're always glad to help you. Um, Plus, we just love talking business. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Any last words from you? Just go hit that subscribe button to help us keep providing these for you guys. And we will check you same time, same bad channel, just next episode. See ya!